Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, do you know the Hanukkah song, by the way? Uh, Adam Sandler's? Yeah. Uh, well, that sounds I, like I'm a not- no. Yeah, and I mean, I could, you know, attempt it. All right, well, that's not your, you do have another song of the day option, so don't worry, but first. I do love that uh, Hanukkah song. I love, you know. Oh, uh, yeah, big fan. (laughs) Big fan you are. (laughs) I do love Sandler. You know, I'm a little embarrassed to admit that, but uh, yeah, I'm a fan. You know, you like the Sandman? Uh, I like the early Sandman. Uh, I think Happy Gilmore is one of the funniest movies ever made. (laughs) Well, Uncut Gems is one of the great movies of the last 10 years. So anyway. Your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by the Chicago Reader, hosted by the Chicago Reader. We're on the Chicago Reader YouTube. Go check out the Chicago Reader. I'm saying Chicago Reader a lot here. ChicagoReader.com to find out what's going on in the city of Chicago. And subscribe. It's a great way to show your support for the Ben Jarofsky Show. Subscribe to the Chicago Reader. And today's Ben Jarofsky Show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Okay, your song of the day. I've never heard of it. Uh, Comes from Frank. To Sir With Love by Luli. Lulu. Come on, Lulu. It's one of your favorite movies from 1967, Sidney Poitier and Lulu. It was a uh, movie coming out of England where Sidney Poitier, as Dennis knows, uh, portrayed a school teacher with a bu- who had to uh, get a bunch of ruffians to care about uh, academics. And he did. And at the end, Lulu sang, To Sir With Love. I like that song. I just can't, I can't think of any of the lyrics. But at the end, it goes, To Sir With Love. And then there's a little guitar. I've heard worse. <laughs> The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, December 18th, and live from my apartment in his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, in these times, writer... Miles, Camp, Lassen. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist, Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this No Love for Lefties Friday. And here's why. Breaking news out of Washington. Actually, it's an old story, but I just love doing that breaking news sound so much. It's like part of my conversation with my wife. How was your date? When she comes home, how was your day, honey? Oh, breaking news. Dennis has appeared. 
I've I've, uh, I've always had a beard. I know. I just noticed it for some reason. Anyway, (laughs) there we go. This is actually an old story. I just discovered it. So, So, a little embarrassed here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm supposed to be on top of the news. Uh, From yesterday. So, that's not really that old, right, D? You know, it's not that bad. Anyway... AOC got the shaft. Repeat, AOC got the shaft. All right, it's more complicated than that. But my beloved Democrats were selecting who would get the coveted seat on the all-important House Energy and Commerce Committee came down to a behind-the-scenes showdown between one of two candidates, a moderate named Kathleen Rice of New York or AOC, also of New York. AOC, of course, being Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, every lefty's favorite congresswoman, So your choice, Dems, is between a media superstar who understands Twitter and has the unwavering loyalty of thousands of door-knocking activists because she's not afraid to take stands for things that Democrats are supposed to believe in, or a former prosecutor who's so much of a centrist that she actually rallied against Nancy Pelosi as speaker back in 2017 because she thought, get this, Nancy Pelosi was too far to the left. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, she thought Nancy Pelosi was too much of a lefty. This goes back to that bizarre moment in political history where Republicans had so successfully moved the country to the right that people like Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were viewed as the second comings of Saul Alinsky. In fact, more ancient history, the Republicans defeated John Ossoff at a special congressional election in Georgia in 2017 by putting Nancy's radical head on Ossoff's centrist neck. That's so weird to think of. D, that's when I was just getting started in the radio business. Ooh, Remember? Yeah. It was like early days. The WCP Chicago's progressive radio station. Unless you really are a progressive, then get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember talking about it. Like, are you kidding me? Nancy Pelosi's a lefty? That's what they were doing. The leftist agenda of Nancy Pelosi. It worked. (laughs) Man, things have changed in 2017. Anyway, back to yesterday's breaking news. According to Politico, and I am quoting, tensions spilled into the open Thursday in a private meeting of the Steering and Policy Committee where Democrats were forced to choose between the two members in a tense and awkward secret ballot vote. End of quote. The exchange went a little like this. Rice, I want an answer. AOC, you're 100% full of shit. Oh, wait, that's Chicago. Those Chicago Democrats fighting. Sorry about that. Washington, the Dems chose Rice largely because AOC had campaigned against some Democratic incumbents on behalf of lefty challengers. So let me get this straight. It's okay for Kathleen Rice to revolt against Nancy Pelosi on the largely fictitious grounds that somehow or other Nancy Pelosi is too much of a leftist, but it is wrong, wrong, I tell you, for AOC to campaign for someone like, oh, I don't know, Marie Newman against Dino Danny Lipinski because you got to be loyal to Team Blue all the times? Hmm, seems like a double standard. And this brings me to one of my favorite topics, no love for lefties. It's one I know very well, having been a lefty in centrist Chicago all my life. And, you know, 
this goes back to conversations I had with my dear friend, Mick Dumpke, for many, many years. I go, Mick, we live in the most... We live in the most democratic city in in the country. 80% every election, 80 to 85% of the people in Chicago vote for the Democrat. And then Mick always says, yes, Ben, but that doesn't mean they're for lefties like you. And it's true. (laughs) It's true. They love centrists in Chicago. It took me 40 years to learn that. Now, it's funny. You'd think that lefties would be would have more love for the Democratic Party because we're the ones generally articulating the lefty values that the Democrats love to act as though they embrace. For instance, at a Democratic convention, they champion FDR and the New Deal. They champion Eleanor Roosevelt and her compassion for people who were mistreated. They champion Martin Luther King and his marches for civil rights and how he put his life on the line. They champion John Lewis got battered at the Emmett Pettus Bridge for standing up for the rights of black people to vote. They don't say things like, well, we're now going to pay homage to that congressman from New York who betrayed the unions by diluting their trade policy bill just to get enough votes to pass it. Or when they champion Barack Obama, there's no footage of him saying caving into the insurance industry to make sure that he has just enough votes to get Obamacare passed, and he still can't get any Republicans to vote for it, by the way. No, it's the great lefty principles that get championed. It's the unwavering dedication to causes greater than your own reelection that they proclaim an allegiance to. And yet, <laughs> when it comes to lefties, no love for lefties. Happens here in Chicago all the time. Carlos Ramirez Rosa, alderman of the 35th Ward. About as far left as you can get. Votes against the budget. And what do they say? Oh, Carlos, you can't work with him. Nobody likes him. He's a lefty ideologue. He's a commie. Mayor Lori Lightfoot set up a website to blast him and all the other lefties who voted against the budget last year. But Alderman Tom Tunney votes against the budget. Oh, well. He's a pragmatic. He's standing up for his anti-tax constituents. Let's keep him chairman of the zoning committee. Then it comes out, I just have to say this, that Alderman Tom Tunney, a centrist, is running an illegal cinnamon roll speakeasy. And it's like, oh, come on, Ben, he's a good guy. Leave him alone. By the way, I got a very funny uh, text this morning from Jim Coogan, Ace Attorney Jim Coogan, good friend of the show. We'll be on uh, in a week or so to talk about uh, Bill Barr. He says he wants to use uh, a cinnamon roll speakeasy as a title of a short story he writes, and but he doesn't want me to sue him, which is funny. He's the lawyer. I'm just the podcast host. I can't sue you, Jim, but I won't sue you. You can use it. As long as you're a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. You have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, I'm going to be up your butt every day. Oh, heck of a job, 44th Ward residence. Anyway, that's your alderman. I realize that the Dems of the world hate lefties because lefties advocate the principles that they, the Dems of the world, largely abandon anytime things get a little tough. So lefties make them look bad. But they sure love our votes. And they sure love our door knocking come election time. We got a great show today, everybody. Miles Conflesson. He's not ashamed to say he's a lefty. Pride and joy of in these times. 
the pride and joy of Jacobin Magazine. And of course, as Dennis will tell you, proud graduate of Whitney Young High School. He'll be here. We're talking a little AOC, Lori Lightfoot, Rahm Emanuel, Joe Biden, and all the great issues of the day. But before we do that, the young man from Alton, who's not ashamed to say that he's a lefty, and back home in Alton, they call him Dr. Lefty, with the with the news, they don't with the news. They yeah. do not call me that. Hey, go Dolphins, <laughs> uh, Doctor Lefty. How come I haven't thought of that before? That's pretty good. I don't know. Dr. Hoping Lefty. you uh, forget all about it. Come Tuesday. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We need to remind every one of you listening right now to download this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Here's this weekend's lineup. Saturday, well, we interviewed a bulldog. It's our dear friend, investigative reporter Dan Mealopoulos of WBEZ, and he talked about his latest work in all things Madigan Gate, the time utility bigwigs combat admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of Democratic Illinois House Speaker, one Michael Joseph Madigan. That's correct. <laughs> ben, what did you think of that interview with that, Dan? Oh, come on, man. This is for political junkies only. This is the, this is the real deal. Now, all you guys who are like not really political junkies, you know, I don't know. You don't want to, you know, you know, you know, we're taking a deep dive. The whole history of Madigan Gate and then the impact it's having on the Democrats today. And it is having an impact. So uh, it is a blast. And uh, young Daniel, he knows everything about this stuff. It, a couple of times he was all, uh, I'm not going to do my Dan Mealopolis. Oh, Ben, oh, well, actually, couple times you had to correct me when I got a few things wrong. Can you believe that, huh? The nerve of that guy, huh? <laughs> it's a great interview, if I must say so myself. And somehow or other, um, we managed to avoid any references. Oh, no, we had one or two uh, to the Greek freak. Uh, Damiel Apples loves Giannis. Um, and uh, I want him to be on the Bulls. But whatever, we stay away from basketball. Take that deep dive. Fascinating stuff. The whole story of Madigan Gate, what Madigan did, what he uh, is alleged to have done, what we know he did, uh, whether it's hypocritical Republicans uh, to call him account for that. And Danny takes, I mean, we, and then we explore my th- suggestion, uh, which Dan dismisses. It, it's, it's really, I mean, he's right. You know, that I would say that, Change your ways, Michael Madigan, and be more forceful. And Dan was like, are you kidding? This guy's never done any of that. He's always operated from the back rooms. I don't know. My, my beloved Democratic Party, it, it's like, D, they, they want to lose. You know what I'm saying? It's like they want to lose. So the deep dive on Michael Madigan with Dan Mielopoulos knows his stuff inside and out. Uh, WBEZ reporter. And before that, he worked for my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times. Good stuff. Danny, we, we don't have him on the show enough. We made up when it was all over. I said, young Daniel, you'll be back. Got to get you on every six weeks or so. Uh, it's available tomorrow morning by 5 a.m. Dan Mielopoulos of WBEZ. On to Sunday. Well, on Sunday, we're going to be uh, reposting a Ben Jarofsky show, Oldie But Goody. No brand new interview, but we suggest you thumb through our catalog. Why did that sound dirty? <laughs> Over 800 episodes. Check out a show uh, you maybe missed if you're really hankering for some Benny J. And why did that also sound dirty? Yeah, 
I don't know where your head is these days. Oh, my. Uh, go check out our that catalog. That's 32, by the way. Uh. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> on Monday, we're getting a downstate perspective with Indivisible Illinois' Sarah Bingaman. Ben, tell them about this interview. Well, it's more upstate than downstate. but yeah, well, uh, you know. Bay, yeah, I know upstate. Out, I mean, out listen, of the city. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Very good. But uh, Sarah Bingaman is an indiv- uh, indivisible activist in Trump country, and she tells it like it is, folks. That's one of my favorite themes that I've been pounding away. Uh, Illinois could go red. And it could go red for three reasons. And Sarah breaks them down. Well, one, the love for Trump uh, among MAGA is, very, I mean, it is deep and abiding. We make I make fun of it all the time. You know, I just saw this. This story just broke deep right before we came on the air. Um, it was no, it'll be no surprise to uh, people who listen to my show because I talk about it all the time. Trump's raised tens of millions of dollars since he lost the election. And I make fun of it because I get all these uh, solicitations. Like, I just got another. By the way, yesterday, remember I got the one from Donnie, baby Donnie? Uh, hey, if you uh, sign, sign up right now. Hey, man, you, you should really sign up for this right now. Is that a Donnie Jr. imitation? He's, he's he's like very like country. Like he's the one country guy out of all of the the Trump kids. And he's nowhere near a country. I know. He's like wearing camo. He's got looks like he's got dip in his mouth. That's why I was saying yesterday he is he's not a Cubs fan. He's a Cardinals fan. He's looking like a damn dirty downstater. So not a Cardinal fan. Anyway, um, so he's a Yankee fan. Jim Coogan pointed that out. He's a Yankee. Oh, that's right. Jim <laughs> Coogan pointed that out. He wanted you to know he's a Yankee fan, not a Cardinal fan. Thank you, Jim Coogan, for pointing that out. Um, but, yeah, so baby Donnie sent me this solicitation saying if I uh, give money now, they'll send me a hat uh, that's signed by his daddy. But you have to do it fast because hats are limited, and this is the last time they're offering. And guess what, D? I wake up today, I got three offers from Donald Trump, Daddy Trump himself, saying, hey, give money. I'll send you one a hat. I go, wait a minute. I thought it was a limited offer from yesterday. Point is, uh, he's raising a lot of money. Uh, his uh, loyalty his among MAGA is as intense as it ever was. And Sarah Bingham, uh, Bingaman discovered that when she went out to campaign on behalf of some good Democratic candidates. It's ferocious, it's fierce, and it's there. And if Democrats ignore it, if they don't try to win over some Trump voters, um, they're going to pay the price every time. And you, she thinks she can win over some Trump voters, by the way. Uh, and then the um, the other issue that she raises, and Dennis talks about this all the time, and this is true, the uh, opposition to J.B. Pritzker uh, and his stay-at-home uh, pr- orders and his orders that were intended to protect the state aren't viewed that way uh, in all ports, to put it mildly. I always tell Chicagoans this. You guys live in your little bubble. You don't realize what it's like outside of the city. And the only reason, the reason I really know is because Dennis ventures out and tells me, Ben, you go downstate, there's Pritzker suck signs everywhere. Well, Sarah talks about that as well and the opposition to Pritzker. And, it, you know, he's going to be up against a lot, D, in 2022 when he runs again. Uh, that Pritzker sucks fervor is pretty strong. And finally, of course, the one we talk about all the time, uh, Madigan. Exceedingly unpopular outside the city of Chicago. Why the Democratic legislators are so determined to stick with him. I know why. They're afraid of the consequences. 
You know, they're 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 so they're afraid what will happen if they vote against him and they don't have enough votes to defeat him. And uh oh, <laughs> but they're paying a price for it. And so those three uh, factors right there: loyalty to Trump, opposition to um, J.B. Pritzker and his stay-at-home orders, and Michael Joseph Madigan's presence really hurting Democrats. We take the deep dive with Sarah on that. Yes, Claire on the live stream chat. I am the downstate whisperer. I want to tell you something. Mountain Dew. Alice in Chains. All right. Um. <laughs> yeah, he brings me down to earth, ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm, I'm like lived the last how many years, D? 80, uh, since 1981? 80, 80 years. You've been 80 years. 80 yes. years, yeah. 80 years. We're living in the city of Chicago. Oh, damn it. But you know what? I got to give myself credit. I, I've learned over 80 years the difference between upstate and downstate. Most Chicago would just go downstate, even if they're talking about Rockford. No, 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 that's Anyway. It's this weekend's Biddy J bonus interviews <laughs> available at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Go check them out this weekend. Subscribe. Tell your friends. It'll be a good time. Okay. Local news. Let's do it. Oh, my. Quick. Someone get Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot some water. <laughs> Her pants are on fire. Oh. This little light of mine, I'm going to uh, let it shine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What a mayor. <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah. It's been the question of the week. Did Mayor Lightfoot know about the police body cam video of Miss Anjanette Young being handcuffed naked by police at her home for no reason at all when it came out in February 2019? Of course she did. But Lightfoot, whose job title before becoming mayor was president of the Chicago Police Board, said on Tuesday she hadn't seen or heard of this Miss Anjanette Young. Mm, whatever you say, Mayor. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that's her story and she's sticking to it <laughs> but last night the mayor finally fessed up admitting that she is in fact aware of the video the following comes from the chicago sun times sam charles and fran the woman spielman a contrite mayor Lori lightfoot acknowledged thursday she was made aware more than a year ago of the botched raid on Anjanette Young's home. Lightfoot said she had, quote, come to learn that in November 2019, the case was lifted up to me as another example of bad searches by CPD officers, but she doesn't have any recollection of it. And the first time she saw the video was Tuesday morning. Lightfoot said, quote, we will do better and we will win back the trust that we have lost this week. The mayor said Thursday that her office has reached out to Young's attorney in hope that the two could speak in person. Wow. Well, there's a lot to uh, dig in there. And, you know, D, this little piece of paper that I have in my hand is a printout of the statement that Lori Lightfoot's uh, press office issued Tuesday night at 8.30. And then you're going to go, oh, Ben, you've read that before. Yeah, I'm going to read it again. Okay? Because Chicagoans, I think you should have an idea 
of when you are being fed, I don't want to swear, manure. Open up wide, swallow. Here is the press release issued Tuesday night at 8.30. Mayor Lightfoot's statement on CPD body-worn Cambridge footage from 2019 incident. That is the headline. Then it says, quote, as in these words are coming right out of the mouth of Lori Lightfoot. Quote, today I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young from February 2019 before I became mayor. And I saw a video today for the first time. I had no knowledge of either until today. I had a very emotional reaction to what was depicted on the video, as I imagine that many people did. And then it goes on to say the other things and it closes. Since this matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I will have no further comment. Okay. That was Tuesday night at 8.30. What happened Subsequently, it's that Chicagoans, it took a while, by the way, D, it took a while for people to, uh, what, come aware of the video. The story broke Monday night on Channel 2. It was a scoop, Dave Savini, hats off to Dave Savini. I didn't see it or know about it because I didn't watch, I don't watch news. But Maya Dukmasova told me about it. We were going to do the show on Tuesday. She goes, Ben, have you seen this? She sent it to me. And I'm like, Oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe just how horrible, horrendous this video was. It was it was it was really hard to watch without getting angry, without almost crying for Anjanette Young. Lori Lightfoot immediately went on the defensive. And it was very clear that her position was that her administration had done nothing wrong and that's what she was going to stick with. And then she issued that statement on Tuesday night, divorcing herself from having any kind of role in the raid itself, which of course is a legitimate comment to make since the raid took place before she was mayor. But the lawsuit that followed was all under Lori Lightfoot's watch. And by fighting that lawsuit so vigorously and so passionately, what Lori Lightfoot's administration was doing was telling Anjanette Young and anybody else who had been subjected to such treatment by the police you're not going to win on my watch. I what more what is more important to my administration is protecting the payout that we have to give to defendants than protecting the rights of citizens from such treatment. And that was the policy that the law department was following for the last what is it 2 years? And that was the policy that Lori Lightfoot was upholding on Tuesday when she released this statement where she said, since this matter is the subject of litigation and an open COPA investigation, I'll have no further comment. She had seen the video by then, but she wasn't going to have any comment about it. She wasn't going to come to rush to Anjanette Young's aid. She wasn't going to say she felt sorry for Anjanette Young. She wasn't going to say we've got to protect people from this kind of treatment. No. The matter is a lawsuit. I can't talk about it. I won't talk about it. 
No sympathy for Anjanette Young. Meanwhile, her team of lawyers was in court asking a judge to sanction Anjanette Young for her role in the releasing of that videotape. Then, of course, the shit hits the proverbial fan. Everybody's up in arms and the flip-flop. That's what we saw yesterday. She's contrite. Well, we all know that Lori Lightfoot is not above great acting. We have fun with it all the time, D, with that, what is her Thanksgiving message that she did? Remember that one? How can the we forget? frozen cake? How can we forget? So, I mean, I don't know what she feels in her heart. All I know is her first response to seeing the video was this press release, which is pretty cold-hearted. Doesn't show any empathy whatsoever for Anjanette Young. And she claims it's the first time she heard about it. Now she's saying, oh, yeah, somebody told me about it. But, you know, I just, it slipped my mind. And I didn't even know my law department was conducting itself the way they were. So I really don't know what to believe at this stage. I, you know, which her press release, her press conference yesterday completely contradicts the press statement she made the day before, which is pretty fast for Chicago mayors, you know? And I mean, it was a great public relations event. You know, Byron Sisha Lopez was on the show. He came on yesterday. I missed the press conference and he was the one who told us a little bit about it uh, in yesterday's interview. And, uh, you know, they brought out the police chief, David Brown, and he talked about how upset he was by what he saw in the video. I'm like, are you telling me that none of you knew about this video at all? Saw the video before? This is the first time you saw it? Well, it's kind of like and a Tom Tunney thing, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah, you got caught. That's what it is. That is what it is. <laughs> they're not upset about what happened to Anjanette Young. They're upset that they have to pay a political price for it. I mean, it's what happened to her was horrendous. You're telling me that no step down the line did anybody come to the mayor and say, this is pretty bad. <laughs> video? Well, if that's the case... Then there's some pretty cold-hearted people running City Hall. Well, we, that's Chicago, man. We're tough. So the cops, 12 cops break into this woman's house while she's naked, handcuff her. Us, we're tough. And she sues. Well, we'll fight you in court. And we'll take your car. And we'll make you walk. So I don't know, D. I, I, I'm, I have found this so upsetting and distressing from the get-go on so many different levels. But just this blatant, I don't know, inconsistency between what she wrote on Tuesday night, Mayor Lightfoot's statement, and what she said yesterday, and everybody in Chicago is supposed to go, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. (laughs) It's our mayor. Well, we've all been caught in the lie. I mean, yeah, (laughs) there's lies and then there's lies. By the way, uh, I urge everybody got to hear Mays Jackson on this one. Uh, He was on the show Wednesday. 
What did he call her, T? I'm not even going to repeat what he called her. He has his own nickname for Lori Lightfoot. I won't go as far as Mays, but I'm really disappointed with her. I voted for her. Yeah, I know. I voted for her. Dennis loves to make fun of me for that. And a lot of the listeners make fun of me for that. Uh, and I did. I was, <laughs> but this is really upsetting. Just everything about this, um, the police raid itself is the most upsetting thing. But the way the city, it's like they just are determined never to learn, D. Determined never to learn from the past behavior so all right well at this time we would like to give our live stream chat listener one jay marie the floor jay marie weighed in it's your time to shine jay marie she says i just want to say i told all of you about Lori. i knew this is who she was (laughs) you know jay marie take your victory walk (laughs) You did tell me. Oh, my God. Jamie's been making fun of me for, for Lori Lightfoot for, for how long have I had this podcast? Yeah, well. <laughs> what can I say, Jay Marie? Good times. Oh, God. All right, I'm going to ask you here. Uh, okay, so what's the next step now? Uh, come Tuesday when we're back on the Ben Jarofsky, uh, new brand new Ben Jarofsky show. Are we still talking about this? Obviously, yes, yes. right? Like, what's oh, absolutely. What's the future well, what, of this? Does this start okay. to slowly go away or no? No, 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 no. Um, this, first of all, has become an iconic moment for all the wrong reasons in Chicago. Okay, so uh, the Anjanette Young footage uh, will become part of Chicago lore. So, first of all, there's the case is out there. See, the reason why... Lori Lightfoot's administration took the hard stance that it took is because they were fighting a lawsuit and they wanted to limit the payout that they gave to Anjanette Young. Whether Lori Lightfoot, the mayor, quarterbacked that decision or whether they were just following the general guidelines that she set where she said something like to this to the, the lawyer, I want you to fight every lawsuit that comes down because we don't want people to think they can get away with suing the city of Chicago. I mean, Lori Lightfoot, from the get-go, when it comes to litigation, she showed where she comes from. She's a corporate lawyer. She defends, like her her company made lots of money. Her law firm made lots of money defending rich people. And they fight like hell. They'll take you to court. They'll tie you up. They'll take your car. All right? They'll do all kinds of things. They'll make a walk home. And that's that's how they win. They got the deep pockets to outlast you. We saw that. We saw that right off the bat with Lincoln Yards, which should have been evidence number one. Where Lori Lightfoot uh, looked the other way. This is right before she was sworn in, and uh, she did not fight it when Rom and the city council, when Rom got the city council to pass that Lincoln Yards TIF deal, and then uh, Amisha Patel and Grassroots Collaborative filed a lawsuit. And Lori Lightfoot could have looked the other way and let that lawsuit prevail and knock that deal out. But no, she sent her lawyers in the court to fight Amisha Patel. And the reason she did that, obviously, is she she was not going to allow some ragtag coalition of Ben Jarofsky show listening lefties to tell her how to spend city dollars. And she prevailed. Well, big surprise there. The city of Chicago and the big one of the biggest developers in Chicago versus lefties. 
in Cook County Court, man, those judges are like, sorry, lefties. <laughs> I'm going with I'm going with the with the mayor on this one. It was a big surprise. So she won. So she let everybody know she doesn't play. And so now she's throwing her lawyer under the bus. Now she's blaming Flesner, which is hilarious. Mark Flesner is the corporation counsel. He's the guy. We made fun of that. I don't know if you remember that one, D. He's the guy that lives out in, where is it, Northbrook? Uh, we had field day with that one. Like, what? What? There's no lawyers in Chicago? This is the only lawyer? Well, he's really good. We got to go to Northbrook. It's oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We call him, like, Flimsy Flesner, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that's it, you know. So now she's really mad at him. Here's the bright one. I love this in the story. Hold on, let me get to it. Since you asked me, I'll tell you. You know, hold on, you know, hold on, D, hold on. Just bear with me. All right, here we go. Never asked you, but that I mean, that's good though. I like this. Here, this is from the story in the Sun Times. Earlier this week, Lightfoot said her voice was hoarse from having read the riot act to Corporation Counselor Mark Flessner whose office put Lightfoot in a politically untenable position by seeking to prevent CBS from airing the footage. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. They are really throwing Flesner under the bus with this one. Uh, Flesner's office put Lightfoot in a politically untenable position by seeking to prevent CBS from airing the footage. I'll go back to the press release from Tuesday. Lori, Lee, Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday knew that her corporation counsel had been fighting to prevent the video from being released. Lori Lightfoot knew on Tuesday what was on the video. And what did she say? Since this matter is the subject of litigation, I will have no further comment. But now it turns out she was yelling at Flesner. She yelled at Flesner so much, her voice got hoarse. <laughs> Can you imagine her yelling? I don't. Here's another question. Do you believe Lori Lightfoot yelled so loud at Flesner that her voice got hoarse? Now we have two questions to ask. Do you believe what she said Tuesday or do you believe what she said yesterday? So they're throwing Flesner under the bus. It's not going anywhere. They got to deal with the lawsuit now, D. So now they're going to have to figure out a way to take care of the lawsuit. You know, some kind of adequate amount of money to pay uh, Anjanette Young. So there'll be that. There will be hearings. I'm sure I, I saw this. I think it's next Tuesday. They're already going to have hearings. City Council Committee, which is controlled by Mayor Life, will have hearings about uh, police raids. So suddenly they're going to take it seriously. So there'll be those hearings. Uh, that, so that won't be going anywhere. And uh, so, yeah, we'll be hearing uh, about this for a long time. Oh, and then... Get ready for this, D. So all the emails regarding the uh, Anjanette Young case. There's emails. The law department has emails. Strategists. I mean, who knows how many emails are out there? Lori Lightfoot has promised uh, that she will uh, release all those emails. Now, before they do an email release, folks, what they do is they do a redaction process. So they take out phone numbers that might that uh, should not be public. They take out names that they think should not be public. They take out um, verbiage that they think will what violate some confidentiality laws. So there'll be all these redactions. So right now, presumably, they got the lawyer, the same law department that she. Uh, that horse yelling at is now blacking out the portions of the emails that the public can't see. And then they do the great email release. 
Now, I've already talked to several reporters about this, Steve. When will they drop these emails? What holiday will they ruin for reporters by dropping it on? Will they drop it on Christmas Eve or will they drop it on New Year's Eve? Because they love doing that. Why? A, they hate reporters and they want to really stick it to them. Oh, you want to see these emails? All right. How about ruining your Thanksgiving evening? That's what Ron did. He dumped a whole bunch of Laquan McDonald video email. Hey, Mick Dumpke, you want to see this stuff so bad? Well, Forget having turkey with your family. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they, they love doing those Christmas Eve. And so we got to figure right now, uh, most reporters think it's going to be a New Year's Eve dump. They don't think Lori could get it together for a Christmas Eve dump. <laughs> but that sounds horrible. <laughs> a, yeah, show's a, over, guys. Good Lord. <laughs> you know, they don't think she can get it together to, you know, redact all the stuff. And then, of course, there's uh, the theory that they got to, you know, get rid of a few emails. You know what I'm saying, D? Huh? Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? (laughs) Just get rid of them all together. Like the emails that show that Lori really did know what was going on the whole time. Uh, Let's get rid of those. All right. Now let's just throw it. They hate reporters, ladies and gentlemen. They hate reporters almost as much as they hate lefties. So you imagine what they think about a lefty reporter. Boy. Anyway. So, yeah, uh, there's going to be the great email uh, drop, and then the papers will fill up with it. Everybody will be writing stories or going through the the emails. Uh, So, yeah, this story uh, will be around uh, for a while, but somehow or other, we're going to watch one of the great, brilliant public relations pirouettes as Lori Lightfoot just so nimbly turns a story when she looked like Scrooge. Uh, since this comment is the subject of litigation, I will have no further comment. Since And turn it into like what? She's a compassionate, caring, lover, believer in protecting people against unwarranted uh, police raids. So, yeah, D... This is going nowhere. It'll be around for a while. Mm, I would say at least until February. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. We shall see. (laughs) By the way, we now have the audio from 25th Ward Alderman Byron Sigcho Lopez and Mayor Lightfoot during Wednesday's city council meeting. So let's play that. Shout out to Pat Whalen for this. Uh, he posted this on our Facebook page. You can check it out with the video. Check out the cool background that uh, Sigcho Lopez has on his video. Uh, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Uh, CBS dropped the report on Anjanette Young the night before the city council meeting. So Alderman Sigcho Lopez was fired up. He shared his feelings with the mayor. Like to hear it? Here it go. I got, I got, Sorry, I got, I got, I got my five minutes. Madam Chair, I got five minutes. I got five minutes. You commented. I, I also we have three comment. matters that are up on before the council. You have three matters that are up before the council. Those are the three matters um, that are before the council. If you want to talk about a separate issue, there will be a time and a place for that. But you are out of order, sir. We have I'm three not out of order. I got, I got my. According to rules, I got time to comment, Madam Chair. You have your time to comment. I have my five minutes comment, Madam Chair. And as I said, I do think that when you talk about ethics, it is very important that we do indeed talk about ethics. It was unacceptable what we saw in, in, in the media last night. I think Thank it's urgent. And I think if there's a time and a, t- a place, I do hope and I, I hold you accountable, Mayor, to have a hearing on the matter on the Public Safety Committee and the Health Committee. Because the public deserve an explanation of what happened and why the, why the law department was trying to sue the plaintiff 
because she was trying to make this public as is her right. So again, oh, okay. Madam Chair, with all due respect, let's talk about ethics. Let's talk about ethics and accountability. You. you do not know the facts, but that doesn't let you uh, stop you from making wildly inaccurate comments. We will be addressing this issue in total after the city council meeting, but I, I would appreciate if you and others who have an interest in this, as everyone should, because the, the images portrayed on that video were upsetting, no question whatsoever. But I, what I would ask you is to actually get the facts, sir. Wow, get the facts, sir. Wildly inaccurate. I don't hear anything that wildly inaccurate. Let's take a poll. What was just more inaccurate? Byron Cicero Lopez saying that the city uh, was trying to prevent that footage from being released or Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday saying, quote, I became aware of an incident involving Ms. Anjanette Young uh, (laughs) uh, from February 2019 for the first time. I had no knowledge of either until today. Which do you think was more inaccurate? This is the other part of the story. Uh, Lori Lightfoot and her tendency to lash out at people who disagree with her. And she's done this many times. Uh, and um, she did this with the, the media, Gregory Pratt. Did we talk about this yet, D? I can't remember. Uh, I owe this to the great Pat Whalen. <laughs> I owe all this stuff to Pat Whalen, uh, our dear friend, uh, actor, and a Twitter follower who sends me tweets from time to time that people are writing because I don't follow Twitter. But uh, yeah, Gregory Pratt, Chicago Tribune reporter, um, was he's done a lot of good stories uh, on uh, this situation since the Channel 2 broke the story. And Lori Lightfoot challenged him, said he was inaccurate, said he didn't have his facts right publicly. Slashed out at him. And here's the here's the difference between uh, the way <laughs> Byron's way, the way the mayor's office treats uh, a lefty alderman like Byron Cicero Lopez and a mainstream reporter like Gregory Pratt. Reporters throughout Chicago rallied uh, to Gregory's defense, as they should. That's how reporters ch- tend to do it. If it's a ama- well, the, if 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 one of their own is under attack from a powerful politician, many of them will rally to the defense of that reporter. I think it's an honorable thing to do. Uh, I believe in free press and uh, free speech, etc., and so forth. They did it with Trump time and time again when Trump would lash out at some reporter. Other reporters would come to his or her defense. So they did it for Gregory Pratt. And Mayor Lightfoot had to back off and apologize to Gregory Pratt yesterday. uh, And he accepted her apology. But there's a difference. It's like the last thing the mayor wanted was to have all the reporters in Chicago upset with her. And so she apologized. I don't I don't know if she's apologized to Byron Cicero Lopez yet, D. And I doubt she will. Because they've come to the conclusion that cares about a bunch of lefties. But they don't need to be at war with uh, all the reporters in the city of Chicago. Yeah, so um, Byron Sixer Lopez, if anybody's interested, uh, what was that show, D? We dropped that one yesterday, right? God, everything's coming together. Uh, that was yesterday's show. So anyway, that's like I said, D, this is not going anywhere. Yeah, we dropped that last night. Go check it out, chicagoreader.com or wherever else you download your favorite podcasts. And yes, that was a deleted scene from yesterday's episode of a mayor and her alderman. 
you want to talk about a separate issue, there will be a time and a place for that. But you are out of order, sir. You are out of order, sir. But then yesterday she had her press conference. You could have had Byron. You know what I mean? If like you really want to heal things, you could have invited Byron to the press conference. And say I was wrong to lash out at you. Well, she's apologizing to Gregory Pratt. Yeah. All right. More news. I think you're absolutely correct. What? You were absolutely right. In fact, (laughs) you and my wife, she said the same thing today as she was going. It's like what they're upset about is that they got caught. You know, it's like all of a sudden they realize they made a mistake. And let me get this straight. You didn't realize it was a mistake to have 12 police officers bust down this woman's door and confront her naked and just handcuff her while she's naked. And by the way, adding insult to injury, like midway through the raid, they allow her to put a t-shirt on and then they put her in handcuffs again. (laughs) You didn't think that was a mistake? Until what? Channel 2 put it on the news. And people, the word began to spread. And people getting upset. Uh-oh. Then I realized it was space. Sort of like Tom Tony. You didn't realize it was a mistake to, <laughs> to run an illegal cinnamon roll speakeasy? Only when they get caught. They, oh. oh, I'm sorry about right. that. Right. We'll do it again. I swear. All right. I guess you guys aren't that stupid. <laughs> Anyway, what a city we live in, ladies and gentlemen. That's your city, Chicago. Hey, more. All new- I can say, Chicago, you sure are dumb. No, I'm just <laughs> please keep listening. Uh, more news from the city of Chicago. Chicago Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara, step away from the computer. I repeat, step away from the computer. I tell you, this guy's a handful. The following comes from the Chicago Sun Times: Sam Charles and Manny Ramos, John Catanzara. The president of the union representing rank-and-file Chicago police officers could be fired from the Chicago Police Department over posts on social media after a Thursday night ruling from a member of the CPD's oversight body. At Thursday's monthly meeting of the Chicago Police Board, member Andrea Zopp ruled that Kat and Zara, the outspoken first term of the Fraternal Order of Police, will face a hearing that could determine his future with the department. The hearing will focus on profane posts that Catanzara made on his Facebook account between November 2016 and February 2018. For what it's worth, Catanzara was not FOB president at the time of those posts. I'm sure there's more, but Catanzara was chosen by rank-and-file Chicago police officers in May 2020 to replace Kevin Graham as the president of the FOP. In one post, according to records from the police board, Catanzara wrote, WTF, it's seriously time to kill these Immer effers, though it was not clear who Catanzara was referring to. Uh, reached out th- oh, When reached Thursday night, Catanzara said the comment was made in reference to people who have killed police officers. In another post, Catanzara suggested someone perform a sex act on him. And in another, he referred to a superior officer in the CPD as, quote, spineless. And my, how the tables have turned. We have a police officer complaining about fairness. When reached <laughs> Thursday night, Catanzara, in response, said, quote, there is no level of fairness that would even be attached to any of this. 
Yeah, John Kenton's here. It gave the uh, Chicago Sun-Times uh, another excuse to do what they love doing more than anything else. Put a picture of Kenton's there in the paper. Remember that D? They were in that roll for a while. Like You turn the page. Hey, there's another picture. Good-looking guy. You got to give him credit. Good-looking guy. Um, wow. What do I say about this? You know what? Some wise guy said to me, D, I was ranting and raving about Lori Lightfoot, <laughs> as I've been doing for the last... I don't know, but definitely the last week since this very troubling uh, police video uh, came was made public. But um, someone said, oh, Ben, okay, uh, Mr. Uh, critical Lori Lightfoot. So let's say uh, in 2023, the election comes down to Lori Lightfoot versus John Catanzaro. Who do you vote for? Oh, Lord. Anyway, it's pretty much a sign of how far removed the Fraternal Order Police has come uh, from Chicago. And uh, Kent and Zara defeated Kevin Graham, as Dennis said. Kevin Graham was a big supporter of Donald Trump. He, uh, he put out a picture of himself with Donald Trump uh, at the White House. Kent and Zara is even more of a supporter than Donald Trump. Uh, and this is in a city where 12% of the people voted for Donald Trump. I think that's what he got, maybe 15% of uh, I can't remember. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. The point no is, so yes, thank you, Donald. Um, not a lot of people voted for him. I don't think one ward in the city went for Donald uh, Trump. So it's pretty. It's uh, evidence that the uh, rank and file of the Chicago Police Department is far removed uh, from the city that it's policing, at least in political views. And they have a sense of themselves as victims, uh, and they have a sense of themselves as being unfairly treated. Uh, I feel these posts are really, what, to, to, does he deserve to be fired as a police officer? D? I got to really think about this. I have to see the post more in the context of what he was responding to. Do you understand? Generally, I'm a, um, a libertarian when it comes to this thing. So Kenton Zero, when he posed, I don't know if you remember this one, D, he was the one who posed with the sign. He was in a police officer's uniform. And a sign said, I support uh, the president. I'm doing this off the top of my head. The Second Amendment. And uh, I, I didn't think he should be fired for that. I thought he had a First Amendment protector right for that. Um, so I'm sort of leaning in that direction, but I need to see more, you know, more like more of what he wrote or what the context was. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's just a sign of the political alienation of the fraternal order police uh, from the, the rest of the city of Chicago. And it probably works to Lori Lightfoot's benefit, I suppose, politically uh, speaking. You know, um, she's always going to portray the Chicago Teachers Union as the left and the Fraternal Order of Police as the right. I must be doing something right if they both dislike me so much. So it works to Lori Lightfoot's uh, advantage, but it doesn't, in my humble opinion, work to the advantage of rank and file police officers to have a union that's so alienated from most people in Chicago. And finally, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. The enemy is you. Well, I've never. <laughs> when did he say that? I don't know. <laughs> Governor Pritzker. <laughs> Today, Governor Pritzker delivered his daily COVID-19 press briefing. Uh, I'll have updates if I can get them uh, after our interview with Miles Camp Lassen. But here's a quick update on Thursday's pandemic presser. Although COVID-19 numbers are starting to trend downward, now is not the time to let up on precautions. 
especially with the holidays around the corner, and especially, especially with that one holiday that may lure more people out of their homes more than any of them, New Year's. And Illinois Department of Health Director Dr. Azike is looking at you, late millennials and Zoomers. For nearly two months, we have seen that the highest number of cases have been in the age group 20 to 29. And while these younger people are much less likely to suffer severe illness, we still see that those younger individuals can expose our older family, our older friends, who could suffer much more severe illness. But JB, what does the science tell us? Here's what the science tells us. The greatest risk comes when you have a group of people together in an indoor space that has limited flow of fresh air, and when we're doing things like singing and talking without masks on. The research shows you don't have to be symptomatic to spread this virus to other people who may get much sicker than you might. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, as I say all along, tough, tough road for him, uh, J.B. Pritzker, to have to traverse. D, I just think America's given up on, um, well, ex- with the exception of you and me, uh, it, it's largely given up with the whole notion of social distancing. Pro- they just want it to be over. Can we have it over? I'm sick of this. And millennials are pretty bad. D. I'm, I know, I know. I know it's your generation. You, you're going to feel a little defensive about this, but they are pretty bad about this. You know, I, the millennials have this attitude that, and not every millennial. Okay. All right. A lot of millennials have this attitude. Well, I can't, I won't die. So what do I care? You know, yeah, but that millennial sounded like Ken Davis. <laughs> no, can we go? Man, we haven't had Kenny D on in a while. We got to bring him back. I know. I was just thinking of that today. Like, I man. Mean, it's just young Ken Davis, man. Ken Davis is probably the only person I could find uh, in Chicago who would defend Rahm Emanuel being the transportation secretary. Not that he, Ken, is supportive of Rahm's atrocious handling of the Laquan McDonald video, but he always thought that Rahm did a great job as. Uh, on public transportation. Remember when he he confronted me on that in one interview, D, a long time ago, back in the studio? He goes, I think he's the best mayor the CTA has ever had, something like that. That's because Ken Davis loves the flyover. Oh, my God. Okay. Does he love he's it? our friend. He's not here to defend himself. <laughs> Let's stop. Let's bring him back. He'll go, get the flyover. Love Fly Ken over. Davis. We miss you, Ken. I hope you have a happy holiday. Uh, that's our local news, everybody. Uh, remember, you can follow us on social media at Benny J Show, B E N N Y, the letter J Show, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com. And you can call us, send us a Bulls trivia question, huh? 708 658 4. Did I flunk the Bulls trivia? I don't know what the hell happened with that Bulls trivia thing yesterday. Jim, we need to work out a. Okay, you, you give me the questions on the voicemail, and then you send me an email with the answers. How about that? I think that may be the solution to that one. So uh, call us, like Jim, 708 658 4788. That number again, 708 658 4788. We would love to hear from from you and also people are asking on the live stream chat the holiday schedule uh ben i know you've been uh, working like a madman on this holiday uh schedule here so just lay out uh what we plan on doing oh here my for god the ladies and gentlemen this is so fun when i yes this is like the weird obsessive side of me which is 
you know, I try to conceal, but it, it exists. So I like love making lists and I love, you know, and, and I don't, I don't type it. I'm like, I have notebooks. I'm like a guy who has notebooks. This is really weird. I'm a little embarrassed to, to admit this, but I have notebooks. And I have, I use a pen or a pencil and I write things out. So one night here, hold on, here's my, I'm turning it. Here we go. And I wrote down, I was so proud of this every day from December, um, 12th Saturday uh, to Monday, January 4th. And then I wrote down the guests who would be on the show. And I was, I had, I had already booked the guests folks. I booked my own guests. I called each one of these people, each phone call is like a 10 minute phone conversation. It's just, it's who I am. I'm a weird guy. I admit it. And so I had, and I was so proud. I took a picture of it and sent it to Dennis. I was so proud. I wanted to share it with somebody and who else, but Dr. D to share it with. And what was his response? Uh, quote, I don't know. What was that chicken scratch? I couldn't, I couldn't make head or tails out of it. Yeah, so like a bunch so- of chicken scratch. And you're like, no, zoom in. And I'm like, okay, zoomed in chicken scratch. Cool. Anyway, um, but uh, after I got over the hurt of, <laughs> of that, I, I did, uh, life went on. But uh, yeah, we've, um, we're not going to be here uh, with a live show, New Year's or New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve or New Year's Day or Christmas Day. So the 24th, the 25th, uh, the 31st and 1st. Uh, Dennis, I don't know, are you going to Alton D? You haven't made up your I mind. I think I'm going to go for my birthday. My birthday's on New Year's Eve. So, okay. He's a young man. Plan. Um, and, uh, so yeah, the doctor will be visiting his friends in Alton and his family in Alton and, uh, I'll be right here in my house watching videos and reading books. Yeah. You, you uh, made me sound like a crazy man visiting friends and family. It's a pandemic, man. Just family. Okay. Just family. You're right. I said corrected. Uh, anyway, um, so, but we have a whole group of, uh, interviews that were done. We're doing one tonight. Uh, Dave Zira. And I don't know if you know, we've, he's never been on the show before. Uh, he is a lefty. Uh, sports writer. I know you're like, what? Say what? <laughs> a lefty sports writer. Um, but uh, yeah, he writes for the nation. He knows his sports inside and out. He is, uh, knows his politics as well. So we'll probably do an interview with him. I, we're going to do that today at four uh, uh, on the uh, the year in sports. Uh, McDumkey. We got an interview with McDumkey, the year in politics. Um, Maureen O'Donnell. We're going to do an interview with her. Uh, I mean, it's been a year of death. Maureen O'Donnell, the great obituary writer uh, for my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times. So, yeah, we have a whole group of people lined up. Adele Marie Cobb, the year in politics. We did a Del Marie interview. We're going to be dropping that. Uh, and there'll be one after another. We'll set up the order. Uh, We'll just follow this chicken scratch that I laid out. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, and then we begin the show again, January 5th. Uh, I've already booked that show and the great Dave Gloatz will be here. And uh, man, we're going to take apart that last city council meeting. So a lot of good stuff coming up ahead, Dave. And uh, Ben, you know, I'm sorry I called all your hard work ch- <laughs> chicken scratch. <laughs> so sorry. I didn't know. Oh, and also, how can I forget this? Uh, uh, Dr. D and I will be doing uh, the top 10 stories of the year, right, D? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Thanks for reminding me. We're going to be doing that. that. The top 10 local. Oh, man, look at that hair that Miles Camp Blazin's got, buddy. Uh, Jim Morrison Woo! has joined us. He's going to sing some of his greatest hits. Uh, he's going to sing "Light My Fire," <laughs> and uh, so we're going to bring on Miles, who's looking more and more like a rock star every uh, every passing day. 
take a, the deep dive in all the politics, local and national. But first, we'll take a little break. We'll be back with the great Miles Kampflassen from In These Times. And hey, if you're listening on the download, be sure to download part two with Miles Kampflassen. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 